TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Sports Workforce Queued Up. I am your host, Quentin Bailey, the best around. And only a few things keep me down. You're, you're listening to this right now live on theoamnetwork.com backslash live. Brought to you by Side Street Grill, 35 South Florence. Uh, go on and check them out. A uh, few things we're going to touch on today. Um, Tony Romo's respect level has been brought into question this week. I'm going to touch on that. Uh, ESPN now does WWE rankings. I'm going to touch on that and where that's going, the direction of that program right there. Uh, I'm going to recap SummerSlam as we talked about uh, talked about wrestling last week with Josh McClain and my boy B. Uh, also, whenever CJ Chef Sports Talk CJ shows up, we're going to get on the fancy football train here today at some point. Uh, but the main topic of the day this is our NCAA football preview show. Um, I am joined by my college football expert Jeremy Graves uh, and my scouting pro Big Little Greg. Um, is here to join me as per usual. Uh, first thing I'm going to touch on is the WWE. It tripped me out. Uh, I watched SummerSlam. It was real exciting because I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan. Don't know. I know you two gentlemen aren't wrestling fans per se. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a video of him busting Randy Orton Randy wide Orton open, wide open. Yeah. Uh, with the UFC blow. Uh, pretty cool. I think some stuff that was underlining into that. Um, but it, it, it was supposed to go that way, just not that vicious, I believe. But um, I like SummerSlam. I like the fact that Seth Rollins has put out another wrestler um, with the same move that ended Sting's career. It is a move that uh, put out their new Universal Champion, Finn Balor. Same move. He's all on the shelf for six months now, so they're going to try to reconcile that little belt because they don't have a pay-per-view coming up till October on Monday Night Raw. Um, but it was a good pay-per-view. I liked it, but I loved Brock Lesnar whooping ass. That was my... That was definitely my best part. I, I'm not going to lie. I was, it was right before we get ready to play Texas Hold'em, so I was a little excited, and I was a little too excited that, that I couldn't go sit down by a bunch of dudes right then because I was so pumped up by the <laughs> busting of Randy Orton. Um, but I'm going to go over real quick because it tripped me out. WWE now does the, does the power rankings on ESPN, right? So you know they're starting to work together, which has led why WWE started cleaning up their act with uh, the wellness policy, the drugs, and everything like that, and why they're so cutthroat on suspending everybody when you do something messed up. Because they're trying to get in with ESPN or Fox and get seen on that level. Um, so, But they hit Seth Rollins with number one. AJ Styles with number two. I love it, but I don't love the fact that their champion, WWE champion, Dean Ambrose, has been pushed to third. That belt already been watered down and looked over. Knew that was going to happen as soon as they sent that to SmackDown. And then my girl Charlotte's at four. And then New Day's at five. Uh, Russo rounds it up at ten. Uh, Kevin Owens is in there, so, but it's interesting. I like where they're going. Uh, ESPN collaborating. When I was a kid, on Saturday night, of course, being from Memphis, Channel Five Wrestling was the was the the thing, right? Yeah, uh, But on Saturday nights, ESPN used to have an hour. It was AWA Wrestling, um, up in Minnesota, and like it used to be. That's where like Mr. Perfect came from, Scott Hall, guys like that came. Larry Zabisco. Uh, but he used to come on ESPN late at night, 11 o'clock. I used to love it, man. Um, so I like them going back to getting uh, wrestling back. Now, about 15 years ago, 
WWF at the time, it was probably past 15 years ago. I'm not going to date myself, but, you know, within the last 20 years, it, uh, ESPN had a, a commercial with the WWF guy named Yokozuna, um, who is the brother of Rakishi, the, the, the famous Samoan family line. Um, but they were on there, him and Mr. Fuji were trying to get some airtime on ESPN. They're like, we only do sports, you know, and now turn about fair play, how things are coming around. ESPN's wising up and WWE's wised up by cleaning up their act so you can get onto such a program and highlight what you got going on. But that's WWE SummerSlam happened. I haven't even watched SmackDown yet. Um, but it is what it is. I fell asleep watching Raw. So that don't tell you anything. I don't know what else it does. Um, <clears throat> so Tony Romo, his respect level has been brought into question. And it was brought up. It's, it's, it's always talked about how people feel about Tony Romo. And so Colin Cowherd, the man that I admire the most in the business, right? Like I kind of like, I don't always agree with him, but I like his analogies. I like how he brings his points forward, right? Sometimes it don't make sense, but he believes what he says. Like he just says some stuff off the wall and it's how he rolls and he makes it make sense. So he brings up that Tony Romo is the most disrespected slash unsuccessful quarterback in the league, right? As far as, you know, he don't have any championships he has. Just two playoff victories in over a decade. So I don't know how much respect is warranted going long term. Uh, but I will say this. The people that uh, crap on Romo the most, uh, like seriously, everybody likes to give a Dallas Cowboy fan a hard time. People that crap on Romo the most are people that only watch their team and aren't really NFL fans and see the stars so they hate on it. But the people that give him the most slack are Cowboy fans. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that don't respect him. So there's one crying about Romo doing get respect. It's it's the Cowboy Nation that doesn't respect him. He's not good enough. When somebody else coming, and then when he gets hurt, they're quick to say, "Well, we're only bad because he's hurt." You know, and you can't have it both ways. Cowboy Nation hates on Romo more than anything. Now, like they brought up that, be excited about what Dak Prescott's doing, right? Playing against the no blitzing defenses, just release it versus Des Bryant behind this great offensive line. Uh. And if I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm feeling optimistic because the concern I have is my backup quarterback position, which seems to be field, right? If you're thinking Prescott's going to come in and take you to the promised land this year, then, you know, you're, 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 you're smoking what you're selling, right? And so but you, you fill up that backup position with Prescott, um, who, who we all like coming out of college, right? We did. Uh, we didn't expect him to be NFL ready year one. At least I didn't. Greg, you kind of did. Uh, when we went into the draft or whatnot. And, but he's looked sharp, right? Now, now I watched some of the throws, and he looks good, better than I thought. But, I mean, I could throw up to Des Bryant versus a no-blitz defense, I mm-hmm. believe, right? Right. Um, so I'm not trying to take away, but let's not give too much either. But you fill up your backup role, and so Dallas is excited about that. And I'm not hating on that because it, the backup quarterback position is the second biggest position in Dallas because you know you're going to need it at some point. Hopefully not long-term, but you're going to need him. He's going to have to play. So we missed out on Nick Foles. We missed out on this guy. But you might have your backup quarterback and maybe a quarterback for the future. But uh, the people crapping on Tony Romo is the Cowboy Nation itself. I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan. I'm probably the biggest – I hate the Cowboys, right? So, like, sugarcoating it, right? But I'm I'm a supporter of truth. And I've been behind supporter of Tony Romo. Uh, as far as him being, you know, an elite level type of quarterback, 
with the lack of playoff success, you can't put him up there with Brady and Russell Wilson even, in my opinion. But uh, can you put him up there above Phillip Rivers? You're damn right. Phillip Rivers has just been as unsuccessful with probably a more talented roster year in and year out. And people still blaze him, uh, praise him like he's the next Brett Favre because he's fiery. Look, man, work on your pullout game for one, right? All right, work on your pullout game. And now he came back and he played well over the last year or two, right? I like it. The dink and dunk, uh, throwing 400 yards a game and one touchdown is pretty amazing. But you put Tony Romo above Phillip Rivers, in my opinion. Uh, close to Eli, just Eli had that playoff run, two of them. So it's hard to put him there with him. But along that same level of Eli. Uh, but once you start talking top five, top six, then, man, you're kind of out of your own element, man, because he's no Ben Roethlisberger. He's no Drew Brees. Yeah. I'm not even going to mention Tom Brady. So, uh, but Romo's a top 10 quarterback easy of his era, right? No question about it. The teams didn't lose because of him. Like I brought up last week talking about Dallas. When you lose a game 51 to 48, I don't care if you threw the interception at the end, you put up 50 points. You're not the reason your team lost. I don't care how you chalk it up. Uh, but I'm just saying. Most of the hate coming towards Romo is self-inflicted from his own fan base because his own fans never respected him because they had some kind of – you go 20 years without winning, okay? Now, in the middle of that, you get Tony Romo lucked up on him. You screw Bill Parcells out the picture in the process. But you look up on this guy who's – he's a gunslinger type of guy. You live by, you die by what he does. That's how he plays. They're like, quit running around. Quit just standing in the pocket and deliver the ball. That's not what he does. Last week, Rex was in here. The total package, Rex Manning joined us. And he, uh, make him a game manager. That's not who he is. Now, I'm saying you can simmer down, not pass 40 times a game. And he'll probably be a little bit be able to manage the game a little bit better. But uh, he is what he is, man. That's how he plays. That's why he is who he is. Um, but the hate coming on Tony Romo is from the Cowboy Nation uh, more than anything else. That people that don't really uh, watch anything but their teams. I hate agreeing with you. But that's the honest to God truth. It is the truth. We're hard on Romo. We just don't. It is. You know, I, I used to argue with Bobo for years, you know, because he'd be hating on Tony Romo. You know, man, I understand you get mad. You got to blame somebody, right? But uh, I don't know. I still I still think all the all the blame goes to Jerry Jones. Um, you watch this year when uh, when Romo has his injury or gets set out. So there will be there will be a at least a small amount of cheers come up because of what Dak has done this yes season. and there will be people that that will relish a chance to have Dak out there yeah and Just, it's gonna be it's gonna be foolish like it's fool's gold man uh but that's just my point on that I just think that most of his hate comes from his own fan base so I don't want to hear this he's not getting respected I respect him top 10 of his era right but we'll leave that at that we're not going to creep him any farther you got to win more than two playoff games I'm Chef of Sports Talk CJ has finally joined us. What's up? Um, so, a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about fantasy football, which is CJ's favorite thing in the whole wide world. Second um, favorite. <laughs> second favorite non-family thing related. Uh, so, let me ask you guys this. So, Chargers have pulled the deal of Bosa mm-hmm. off the table. They're done dealing with him. Last I heard, um, he gave them an offer – and then they gave him an offer, and they're just leaving it at that. They're not really even trying. You know, his mom even said, we wish we would have pulled an Eli. Eli, yeah. 
But now we weren't very high on Bosa going into draft. Why is he a three pick? Right? I didn't understand it. Jeremy, you didn't seem to. I don't get it. And CJ was, was happy about it because his team didn't draft him at seven. Um, but he was picked third, and you have to pay him accordingly to that pick. You know, if you get him in, you don't think he's worth whatever. Well, then he's going to sell. out. He's going to go play for someone else. Um, see how that works out for San Diego. Another team that just doesn't they're, – they're never really on the verge of going to the next level. They're always on the verge of dropping off, and they seem to play a little up a little bit, up a little bit. But San Diego's a pretty bad franchise since Drew Brees left. Well, since Danny Thomason left. Okay. They've been a team that's really been disarray. A team that's been inconsistent. Um, and they get a lot of hype because of their overrated quarterback. But, I don't know, that tough division. Uh, enjoy 4-12, and 12, San Diego. All right, NCAA preview. All right, we're going to do this right quick. I'm joined by, as I mentioned, my college football expert Jeremy Graves is here, an Alabama man. Where was that, David Palmer jersey? Huh? Marking. Marking. All right, man. Tutus. 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 My bad. <laughs> it's faded. I thought it was from the 90s, man. I didn't know. Um, My pro scout, Big Little Greg, is here also to join us for this. So, all right. So, six SEC teams hit the top 25 going into the season. Um, four ACC teams. Those are pretty much the top two conferences in, in, in the college right now. Um, Big 12 still top comp, but they don't have a championship game yet, right? So let me ask you this, uh, just before we get into this too deep. So, you know, University of Memphis is trying to get into the Big 12. All right, chances are they're not going to get in, right? Because BYU is going to get in, and they'll probably take Houston, another Texas school, right? Or even Cincinnati over Memphis, apparently Central Florida over, or over Memphis. But So somebody brought this up to me. When Memphis fails to get into the Big 12, when they show all the money that they're willing to spend, how far they're willing to go, how long will it be before the Pac-12 comes calling? That's what your dad was saying. I remember yes. saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the one that brought that up. What, what do you think, Jeremy? It, I think it'll be – and that would be quite a stretch for the Pac-12, for, for Memphis to come across country. You're talking about travel costs. And while football drives it, you've also got to think about all the non-revenue sports. I mean, you're packing up every team you've got and sending them to Memphis for games, so that's a long way for the Pac-12 to work. Uh, I think much more likely would be uh, when the conferences closer to here start to build up to 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think – I think if the if the Big 12 takes four now, I do think Memphis will be one of them. Yeah, but I think they're going to take two for right now because that's all they need. They got money. They need the teams but to get their championship game, they right? They get more money with four. And that that's the whole deal is, and that's why the the TV execs are they're trying to get hot. them to not take four, yeah, so they don't have to pay the money, yeah, right. And, and I'm sorry you wrote a poor contract with that, right. <laughs> let's let's not get sold on this Houston deal as well, because from what I understand, Texas is pretty much trying to block. I can see Te- that Texas is the one to block as everybody just, knows. just like University Texas of Tennessee does not want Houston in them. Just like University of Tennessee has been known to do that to Memphis over the last right. twenty mm-hmm. years from the SEC. Right. We already got Vanderbilt. We don't need three schools. Um, Texas, Texas, and California have what the most schools, along with Florida, probably the most schools in all of collegiate NCAA at least. Right. Right. Um, so you can see them why they'd want to block that, especially considering they're down because Houston's going to take every all the recruits they have. Mm-hmm. Right, isn't that 
Yeah. Why do you want to block that? You get you get both sides of it. You get the the Texas school standpoint that says we don't want them in; they're going to challenge us. And then you also get the political side of it in the state of Texas that says we want them in this because it better funds the university, it gets more money into the university system, and it makes the the state of Texas overall as a whole that that makes this you know better for us. And so that's that's really the two conflicting things you've got going on there because from a political standpoint, like. And this is actually like legislators in Texas have had to speak on this. And most of them are for Houston being in because mm-hmm. it helps the, the state as a whole because it gets more of a revenue stream into a state school. Can't have a repeat of A&M. No. I, don't, I don't care how much pride the Longhorn fans may have. As Jeremy said, and who better to speak than he and I? A lot of people may not know this. Auburn and Alabama were actually forced by legislature to play. They didn't play for like 50 years. But can't have a, a, another A&M situation, man, because they are literally hurting no matter how much they may say. People are missing their game, screaming for their game. It, it means a lot to the people in Texas. Well, I just, I just thought I'd bring that up before we get into it, before I forgot. I didn't even write it down. So, so we jumped in. I Because I thought it was an interesting point, basically leading to Memphis, because of their money and backing, is going to get in somewhere. Eventually, now when you go to the power, the power you go basically down to five conferences, sixteen team conferences. Um, but I heard USC, uh, not USC. I don't know. What, every time I think Pac twelve, I just want to call them the USC conference. But uh, I think the Pac twelve may be wanting to get rid of somebody. Is what, what somebody Co- told me. If they got rid of somebody, probably Colorado. You they just got in like that. But Colorado's uh, pretty null and void, in my opinion. There, Washington State. Pretty bad programs. Yeah. And they're your bottom feeders. That, but I mean, that's going to be rough because at, you're to the point now where anybody you're pulling from from the non-Power 5, it's going to be hard to match, you know, revenue for revenue of, of pulling in a school that's going to do better than somebody you're, you're dumping out. Maybe BYU. And that would make perfect sense for Pac-12, I would think. And and that that's obviously most of the reason why you're gonna probably gonna see the Big Twelve take BYU, BYU. now mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. to go ahead and get that off the table, uh, and that that one will be a little bit more contentious because BYU actually has enough of a fan base that they can actually have a little pull in the in the discussions and and demand a little more than probably most of the schools they're gonna try to take. Right. Right. Well, that all makes sense. Like I said, just wanted to bring that up. Just it's just interesting because it's starting because. It was all aligned based on territory, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of drifting away, right? But like Nebraska's out there in the Pac-12. Like, well, Nebraska's big ten, big ten, big ten. Okay, oh. big twin. Still, whatever. Shoot myself in the foot. Can't even edit it out because I'm live. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Don't judge me. Okay, so six SEC teams hit the top twenty-five. Uh, a couple that weren't even ranked at the end of last year. Alabama wasn't ranked number one last year. Until they beat Clemson in the championship game, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, so, but it's all about getting to that playoff. So you got six SEC teams, four uh, ACC teams. Now, seven teams got to vote for first place, which is the most in some period of time, apparently, that this many teams have gotten to vote for being in first place. Um, Clemson, Oklahoma, FS, FSU, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan all get votes. Um, I really like what Michigan's doing, right? But they're gonna they're gonna fall on their face. That's what Harbaugh does. So, uh, 
Well, Michigan's problem this year, going into this year, is one, you're breaking in a, two, a new quarterback, but two, mm-hmm. you're also you're at Michigan State, at and Iowa, and at Ohio State this year. Yep. So, I mean, your new quarterback and your three ranked tough games are on all the, the way. Road. Yeah, and, yeah, and rivalry games to boot, and it's just that that's going to be a, a, a tall order to ask for whoever uh, they're going to start at QB this year because it's going to be because Rudolph's gone. So, let me ask you guys this. So, Tennessee's in there at nine. This is supposed to be their year, right? This is, Now, the last five years is supposed to be the year they come back to relevance. Last year, they kind of did that, right? Had a good season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the chances they can take the SEC? Because I don't, I don't like LSU. That's who I don't like. I think they're a little overhyped, a little overrated. Great recruiting class. They always do this, that, and the other. I don't like them as much. It's it's a great shot for Tennessee to overrun everything. I mean, of course, the hurdle here is the eleven game losing streak to Florida, mm-hmm. which luckily they have in Knoxville this year, and I think they have to go two after them around them. Two Georgia. Yeah, if they can get over those, and you got Alabama actually coming to Knoxville mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a legitimate shot, but it depends on the arm of Josh Dobbs. If Josh Dobbs can actually develop develop into a passer, I think that they actually do have a shot. But Tennessee being Tennessee, let's be realistic here. Sixes and eights are running amazing when you're shooting dice. It's not happening, bro. I yeah, mean, that, that's for, – for them, you've got to look at it from a standpoint of they've got to shake the Florida curse, and that's completely in their heads, especially after last year. Yeah. yeah fourth quarter, but, man. Going, going to Athens – it's it's not going to be an easy trip. They're going to have Alabama in their house, and then they've got to play the SEC West champion at the end of the year, which could be another matchup with Alabama and LSU, depending on who comes out of the West. I mean, are you really telling me that, that they're not going to slip up at least once, not twice, going through that? I mean, I'm not saying they can't, but they haven't right. done anything to show me to prove that they well, can do that. I no one's going to run through the SEC. This isn't going to be – an 11-0 team winning the SEC. Whoever wins the SEC is going to come out with two losses. Alabama – sorry, I threw my pen at you. <laughs> uh, Alabama is playing their toughest schedule they've played in some amount of years, right? Like, this is the toughest one. So, like, it's even expected them to not even be in the Final Four this year based off their new quarterback situation, uh, their strength of schedule. Um, so, having said that, having said I don't think LSU is as good as they think they are um, – I think this is the year for Tennessee to take that conference. Because Florida still can't score points, we're assuming, right? They didn't fix that problem. Yeah, that the quarterback situation is just as questionable as anybody else. Yeah, I mean, their they're starting quarterback uh, basically left Alabama because he had no chance to work way up the death chart. Went to Washington State, didn't work out there. And so it's <laughs> – yeah. What's his name? Del Rio, Luke Del Rio, Jack Del Rio's kid. kid. Man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's, their, that's their starting QB. So I mean the the East is very very winnable. Uh, I I think I think Georgia that like you've got Eason doesn't if Eason starts and I, I do think if if he's not in the beginning I think he will be by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be fantastic. He doesn't even have to be good. He just has to be better than the junk they had going through there last year. And so I mean that makes it very easy for Georgia. On the offensive side of the ball, I actually think 
defense is probably going to be a little bit of a problem for them because, like, I can tell you from watching it firsthand, Kirby's defense comes with a learning curve. And it when it's executed right, it's very, very good. But it puts people out there to where when they make a mistake, when they're not following it right, mm-hmm. you get beat and you look bad. That's Dre Kirkpatrick. I mean, he's a an NFL cornerback. Yeah. I mean, he looks stupid so many times for us trying to learn that defense in the beginning. Okay. Uh, Dustin Badgett has chimed in, uh, sharing his love for the Vols to me. Uh, or the opposite of that. So, I'm going to try not to be vulgar, but, you know. you know, uh, It's hard, it's hard not to be when talking about Tennessee. He feels a certain way about the big orange. So, I like their new smoky uniforms. The gray was just a little bit of orange. With the, with the Great smoking mouth. Yeah, I like that. But you know, Any, Dustin, any anything that puts less orange out there, I'm for. I absolutely concur, man. <laughs> but Dustin sharing his love for the Vols, man. Um But back to the thing. I think Tennessee's their year to strike, right? Uh Florida can't score points. Ole Miss is gonna fall off, right? They're sitting at eleven coming into the year. They're not gonna be what they've been over the last handful of years, right? They're they got a quarterback though. They I they mean, have a, a very, very, very favorable schedule. Mm-hmm. And for for me, the biggest question mark with Ole Miss is when do the sanctions drop? Because I, I, I think that's going – I think they're going to be severe enough at this point that that's going to take some wind out of their sails. Because they're definitely digging deep right now. The NCAA, yeah. that is. Oh, yeah. 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 I, mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if y'all saw this. Jeremy and I were talking about it earlier when I put it out. The NCAA is re- – talking to guys mm-hmm. at Auburn and Mississippi State who are recruited by Ole Miss right now. Right, exactly. And like they've, they've given to... them full immunity to tell them anything and everything that happened. I don't believe anyone will uh, talk, though. I just don't uh, see it happening. Oh, man. man. Anyone? Probably, probably not <laughs> with us because State? Gus Malzahn and Hugh Freeze are great friends, and right. they go back a long ways. But as Jeremy said, State? State? You got a chance no. to mess over Screw. Ole Miss? Yeah, you're I right. mean, and, and not to mention, they just took – one of the biggest receivers out of Starkville to go to Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think. I mean, I mean, basically, the NCAA has said, "We know that y'all are doing this because of what Tunsil did. We can't make Tunsil talk. We can't use what he said on the air for whatever reason. So we're gonna go find somebody else that's gonna talk to us. And if and they don't, we'll talk to the next person. Then yeah. the next, they're just gonna be relentless in their yeah. and, pursuit. And from an Ole Miss standpoint, and and this is leaked out from several places. Ole Miss is saying, hey, go look here. Hey, go look here. Hey, go look here. Because Ole Miss knows the hammer's coming down. They're just ready for it to drop. They're trying to delay it dropping. They're trying to get as many seasons, especially this last season with Chad Kelly, Kelly, uh, out of the way to try to win something. Right. To to get to Atlanta. That's all it is. They're willing to sacrifice the next three years due to scholarship loss and bowl bans and everything else if they can get to Atlanta before this hammer drops. For them, for them, it's worth it. Yeah, they they haven't been this close and this hyped about going to Atlanta since Terry Nichols missed a field goal against LSU when they all but had the, the mm-hmm. SEC West one in 3 Because mm. I mean they've got, I mean they've got the the neutral site game against Florida State, Florida State, but that's not going to affect their their SEC standings. And then they've got Alabama and UGA in their place, and then they got to go to LSU. So basically, the only game this year where they're going to be you know, away and challenged is going to be at LSU. And, I mean, that's a tough place to go play, 
But very I mean, tough. Yeah, you could legitimately look at that, and they could be at that point where they can lose that game and still win the West. How do you see it shaking out? How do you see the West shaking out? Who's going to win the West? I think LSU gets it. LSU. I, I what think, about you, Greg? I can't see LSU. As, as Q said, I don't like LSU first and foremost, but they lost too much, man. It's too much riding on Fournette. Harris isn't developed. The only receivers they have now are who Travis Durrell and Malachi Dupree, because Trey Quinn and uh, Tyron Johnson have all left. If you really put it out there, I mean, you got to go with Alabama, but who I really think is going to sneak in and possibly take the West is Arkansas. Mm. That's kind of why is that? That's a, that's a little shout out the dark. That's what yeah, I'm right? asking. Yeah. Arkansas is becoming a semi-Alabama. It's a sledgehammer team. They're coming out there. They've got nothing to lose. Quarterback has been in the, the system for three years now. This is a quarterback who's truly been developed by Bielema the way Bielema wants him to be. He's got a Bielema built line like uh, Russell Wilson had at Wisconsin when he transferred off from NC State. And those guys, man, and uh, – uh, Raleigh Williams, the running back. He's still got a two-headed monster running back, man. Arkansas is a lethal team, and people better watch out for him. Mm. Plus, they get Alabama and LSU in Fayetteville, so that's helpful. And then, plus, you've got Alabama this year that's got to go to Ole Miss, to Arkansas, to UT, to LSU, and open up the season with USC on a neutral site. That's More than anything, that's probably Alabama's undoing this year, as you said, the strength of schedule, like mm-hmm. getting through that schedule. Like if you tell me going through that schedule at the end of the year, we're eleven and one. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I don't well, think you should be. Yeah, you I should mean, be any year now. It doesn't matter if you catch one loss. You know, you're going to the final four. That's all that matters. You just want to want a chance, right? You know, to dance with everybody. And if you win the SEC, you get in the final four. Who do you guys see winning the East? East. East. Yeah. I. A little tougher. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to say Missouri because they've done it so much and they just sneak up and do it, but. It's 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 ugly or Tennessee. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really do think that. Like it, it's one or the other. If you think it comes down to that game in Georgia, then you say Tennessee had to go to Georgia. Yeah, Tennessee's got to go to Athens. Uh, I don't know if it actually comes down to that game because of the way schedules play out with both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could legitimately have have you know Tennessee loses to Alabama, but then beats Georgia. Well, now they both got one loss, and you're looking down towards the end of the year, and Florida throws a monkey wrench into everything and clips Georgia at the end of the year. Mm. Uh, I think it's between those two teams, but I don't necessarily think the outcome of that game will decide it just because of the way the, the cross uh, the cross divisional, cross divisional lays out because Georgia has to go to Ole Miss as well. Does anyone from the East have a chance to beat the West no. representative no. in the championship game? How is it no, no chance? No chance at all? No, man. It's just too much inconsistency. I mean, if, if Georgia were to win the East, as Jeremy said, it pretty much depends on um, Jacob Eason, who I think is going to wind up getting their job possibly by week three, becoming pretty much a, another A.J. McCarron. Well, he just doesn't have to lose the game, but it still rides on Sony Michelle and Nick Dubb. Well, let me ask you this. Now, you said you think Arkansas is going to win the West. Mm-hmm. We've already stated that we think Alabama, for different reasons, whatever, won't win the, the, the division, right? Um Always, or we already think that LSU's not is a little overrated. So why is it so far fetched that the East can win the conference? If it's if it's, it's, Ar- it's if it's Arkansas, they can. It's, it's <laughs> but not even it, a puncher's chance. You it, know what I mean? You think if it's, it's just... if it's LSU or Bama, I don't think so. I mm-hmm. I I think one, 
So Georgia is a Georgia is a mirror image of LSU and Alabama. Only at this point, with the transition of coaches there and everything, LSU and Alabama have more talent, mm. and so that's just, it makes it a rough matchup for Georgia coming across and and Tennessee. Like I said, like I'm not saying they can't do it, but they've got to show me one that they can beat top 25 teams, which they haven't really done under Butch Jones, and two that they can be consistent through the year. And 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 for me, looking at that team right now, even though they pretty much bring absolutely everybody back because they had nobody drafted. That it, that's still a, a big ask for that team to be mm-hmm. consistent through the year like that. I mean, I I think LSU wins the West. I think LSU wins the the SEC championship game because mm-hmm. I, I mean I think their their defense is going to be fine. They, nobody should ever question their defense. Fournette's going to be Fournette, and I think I think Harris, while he's not a a game changer, he's not a. I think he's he's better. He learns to. He's he's not an AJ McCarron, but he's a Greg McElroy. Just don't do really stupid things. Like AJ was asked to make throws on occasion to drive down the field. Greg never was. Like he was there to just dink dunk, hand the ball off. And if if Brandon Harris can just do that, they can win. I mean, they they don't have have that difficult of a schedule. They get Ole Miss and Alabama in Death Valley. Which I mean, that's that's always that's a huge advantage. Tennessee also, like you said earlier. No, Tennessee and LSU don't play. Okay. Uh, no, if they play, they they would play in the the championship game in Atlanta if they play there. Hmm. Uh, so I mean, I, I think that's a a, a help. Uh, they they have to go to Florida, and I, I think that's I don't think that's going to be that tough of a game this year, uh, and they've got to go to Arkansas. But I mean. I, I just think for for them the way it all lines up, I think I think this is probably LSU's year. And so basically, listening to you guys, though, it's pretty much wide open, though. Yeah, like, there's yeah, no at least the most open has been in some time, right? It's usually right. some clear cut, you know, consensus favorite it, going in. Usually, it, it would not surprise me as Q said if everybody finished with about two losses. Yeah, I mean it's 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 dead wide open, and there much inconsistency, even if somebody is a returning starter. How do you think the teams in the SEC uh, compare on a national landscape this year? I mean, I, you legitimate like Alabama is one of the top teams in the country, mm-hmm. but their their schedule is going to be very difficult to navigate to be there at the end. Uh, LSU the same way. I think LSU can probably play on the field with anybody, uh, but eventually, I think they do run into to a situation uh, where. Brandon Harris's limitations at quarterback really do hurt them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if they run into a Deshaun Watson in the mm-hmm. playoffs, if they run into a Baker Mayfield, where you know even against their defense, like their the other team's going to put up, you know, thirty points. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be a lot to ask for him. So I, I I think they they they're there, but I think their one limitation. It, while not as bad as it has been in previous years, is what keeps them from from being a a national national champion contender. Do you think SEC uh, or the field takes the national championship this year? Field, field. Yeah, I, I, agree, I, I, yeah. I see the field. If you if you give me, I'd take Clemson over the SEC right now. Mm. That's interesting. And, I mean, cut you off. I got shit. Shout out to my sponsor because they pay bills. You know. Uh, 35 South Florence, Side Street Grill. You come on down Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 is happy hour. Nice strong drinks. Tuesday's pasta special, 4 to 9. Wednesday's steak special, 4 to 9. Sunday's the best brunch in Midtown. 
Eleven to three South Street Grill, thirty five South Lawrence, behind the big ass parking garage in Overton Square. Uh, what were you about to say, Greg? I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, really. Clemson is good as they are on paper. I got a lot of question marks outside of Deshaun, Deshaun Watson about Clemson. They got a lot of players Clemson, drafted. Clemson I rode a wave of hype and feeding off of each other through that year last year. And that's how they got to where they were. They had a good team, land. though, right. just, just based off people going to the NFL. I mean, Clemson's schedule is 108th in the country. Oh, my yeah, it's, goodness. It's a weak they, schedule. They play two, two ranked teams at the beginning of the year, Louisville at home at Florida State. And that's who I want to touch base on if we can. This kid, Lamar Jackson, I don't know if y'all got to watch this kid last year. As much as everybody at this table despises Louisville, that kid is a game changer. He has he just lays it all out on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's something special, man. And, and unfortunately, Petrino inherited him. But that's one, and I think the game is at uh, Death Valley. Say Clemson, am I right? The Louisville yes, game, yes, yes it's, at, it's at Clemson. They get Florida State at home. They go to Clemson, but they also got to play at Houston. As one of their out of conference games, the Florida State game is uh, in Tallahassee, right? Right. Yeah. Right. No, they get. No, 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 no. Florida State game is is at Louisville. Oh, Louisville. I apologize. I got a question. Give me a dark horse non SEC team. Like, who do you think is kind of dangerous, but not Houston? Because Houston plays Oklahoma to start the season off with in Houston. After that, they just got a cakewalk schedule, pretty much. Yeah, and they're fairly decent last year. What chance does Notre Dame have of getting in there to that Final Four this year? Man, if the, if they hadn't have lost so much last year, I mean, you're talking about two first-round offensive linemen, pro size the running best wide receiver, lost a top three-round uh, guy at each level of their defense. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, there's <laughs> – Other than that. <laughs> other than that, I mean, their schedule's not that bad. I mean, they get uh, they get Michigan State at home. They get Stanford at home. Uh, they've basically got to go to USC. I mean, that's their that's their rough game is at USC, and it's at the end of the year. and And I would just like to say a, a quick prayer for Clay Helton <laughs> because somebody hates him for the schedule that mm-hmm. USC has. Yeah, they. Open at a neutral site with Alabama. Yeah, you've brought them up a couple times already, mentioning <laughs> schedules, so <laughs> they it can't go, be good. They go to Stanford, to Utah. They get Oregon at home. They go to Washington, who's mm. 14th. They go to UCLA, and then at the end of the season, they get Notre Dame at home. Mm. They they play more ranked teams by two than anybody else in the and country. Washington is the sleeping giant out west, if you yeah. ask me. What's USC ranked? 20th. 20th, okay. Season. And they've, they've got a good team, but like – Maybe if they could get things going, though, win a couple of those games, then the game of versus Notre Dame at the very end, maybe that gets you. Yeah. You know, I, I, might I, could do something for you, you know. I will say, like, you look at USC's schedule. If, if they finish that, yeah. that season – literally, if they finish that season with two losses, they might be one of the best four teams in the country. Because, right. I mean, that, that, that schedule is absolutely just brutal. So, I mean, it, it, it not only, like, they're playing ranked teams, but, like, they've got to go to a lot of these places and play them. Mm. And that's just – it's it's not going to be – And a good thing fun. about how the playoff system is set up is not just where you finish in the polls. It's how good the committee thinks you are. Right. Yeah. So, rather, if you sustain an injury, then a team might be left behind because they're not as good without that player, regardless of being 11-1 and one or whatever, you know. I like how that system's set up. 
I'm gonna like a whole lot more when you go to eight teams. Um, but it it's won't a good be start. No, it, this is a great start. I'm not complaining yeah. about that at all. Uh, I'm gonna go over a few games in, in week one because uh, I got an upset in my head. Right, uh, Georgia North Carolina is a huge game mm, between ranked teams. Um, Georgia's at North Carolina, folks. Who y'all think you're going to take the game? It's in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. Georgia. Yeah, that's in the Georgia. Oh, home. is it in Georgia yeah. now? That's, 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 Georgia. that's that opening Chick-fil-A classic mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh. Yeah, I think Georgia gets that one. Well, ESPN didn't tell me that even, one. Even, <laughs> fucking ESPN. <laughs> even, even breaking in a new quarterback at that point, or if they're using uh, – oh, I, I've done blocked out the poor kid's name, the poor kid that got massacred all year last year for Georgia. Uh, even if they're playing him, like I, I, I think Georgia takes that Grayson one. Grayson Lambert. Is that him? Yeah, Grayson Lambert transfer from Virginia to Grayson Lambert. Ah, that's right. All right, what about LSU at Wisconsin? LSU. Yeah, yeah LSU. I mean, we're, there's no style difference there. Wisconsin is basically a SEC team. Only LSU is bringing more talent in there. Wisconsin's breaking in a new coach too, I think. Yeah. But it's at – I mean, it's, fact, it's, I would love Lambeau. to go to that game just because it's at Lambeau. Like, you've got a college game at Lambeau. Sorry I laughed. This is uh, Q can't a read moment. Writing. It happens every show. <laughs> every show, man. You need to learn how to type, man, and just print this shit out. Hey, I went to King, I went to Kiko's. It was FedEx office today. I had to do some stuff printing up for work, right? Man, it took me an hour to type up all my paperwork. <laughs> so you know, it's been like seven hundred dollars. <laughs> it cost me fifty bucks, man. Oh wow! After getting laminated and everything, a little too much. Uh, but next time, I need to figure out something a little bit more efficient. Uh, so I'm not giving them a shout out on my show because you robbed me. It was so funny at the end, like they laminated my papers for me and everything. And I was like, I need the hole puncher. And I was like, there's no extra charge for the hole puncher, right? Because <laughs> y'all kind of wore me out there, but. Uh, but bringing that back, Clemson visits Auburn, right? Right. Uh, any chance for upset for you, man? How you feeling? Let your heart speak out. Man, if history repeats itself, any time that we're picked not to do anything is when we rip shit apart. Night game, I think Clemson still wins by 10. 10? 10. I think Clemson wins by 10. How do you think Auburn does this year? As a fan, I five wanna, and seven. Want to hear your no, opinion? No. Five and seven, four and eight. Man, we we huh? Uh, to, huh? To it, boy, <laughs> I want to. <laughs> we, we 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 be lucky to finish five hundred. Yeah, year, honestly. Yeah, y'all ain't finishing five hundred. I, I think that open game is probably the death knell for Bonzo. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think it's ten. I don't. I don't think we'll be remotely close. Mid. Maybe the only thing would be ten, like forty-one to ten, maybe. Yeah. Right. No, this homeboy from uh, Last Chance U playing for I, I, you guys? Or? I don't think it's going <laughs> to no, be that I, bad. I, I just I, got the, I just got a Bleacher Bowl with Stockton Shaw. Hmm, okay. Oh, well, congratulations. I, I don't think Auburn, like, I don't think it'll be that bad. Because their defense is going to be good this year, especially the front four. Like, mm-hmm. their defensive line is legit. But I, I don't think there's any way that they pull that game out. We're deep, but. All right. Upset game for me, UCLA at Texas okay. A&M. I got A&M. Yeah. Upsetting UCLA. I do, too. I think Miles Garrett and that wrecking crew, as they call them, College Station, I think they drill Josh Rosen down there, man. I think UCLA makes the college football playoffs. Yeah? Seriously? Yes. Mm, that's I like a good without, without Snoop's son on the team, they, they make that, it? That, that, that may be because <laughs> Snoop's son ain't on the team. But uh-huh. no, they, they they play no ranked teams away. They play two ranked teams all year, Stanford and USC. Yeah, okay, yeah, both, Stanford, Stanford comes to them. Yeah, yeah, they both LA. get them at the home stadium. And, like, a and M is breaking in a new quarterback, 
So, I mean, I, we don't know what that's going to look like. And someone's got all kinds of pressure on him this year. Because, I mean, if, if they go 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, he's probably gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's not doing what they want him to down there. So, I mean, that I, I think UCLA wins that game. But, like, UCLA is probably my – I guess I'd call my dark dark horse, horse for the final four. Yeah. They like have a very beneficial like schedule. Another upset game for me: Miami, Ohio versus Iowa. You think Iowa's going to lose? Yeah, I, I can see Iowa losing that game. Yeah, I don't think they're as good a football team as their record indicates. We saw, yeah, what, last year, yeah, we, we, we saw, saw what McCaffrey did, right? Right. I think Iowa's legitimately on the playoff schedule at at many points this season. So, admittedly, I'm not the biggest follower of college football. I do like the games. I enjoy watching good games. And uh, as a a person that's trying to become more of a follower, what are some of the games I should make sure I watch this year? Outside of week one, what are we going over now? Yeah. Just big milestone games happen every year. Yeah. I mean, I know out of scored, conference. Yeah, not, no, out of conference. no, no, Michigan, oh, Ohio State, oh, or anything. Ohio State and Oklahoma, I think, is September seventeenth. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds in, in good. Norman. In Norman. In Norman. This, yeah. this is going to be a big game. This is one of the most and beefed up schedules. Does I've Oklahoma seen get past Houston? I think Ooh, so. Man, that, I, I think, that's I think they that looks by. like the game of the week here from the papers that I, the games that I read. I what's what, Oklahoma? Bob Stoops worked magic with the schedule. They get. They get uh, Houston in Norman. They get Ohio State in Norman, and their only ranked their only ranked game for the rest of the year is at TCU. Mm. So he's going to have they can survive a loss like Oklahoma can lose a game and still make the playoff because they're going to have those those two huge names at the right. beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and nobody's going to remember that both games were in Norman. And so Stoops has this one set up nice, like I. I I would, I would act. That's one team. I, w- I would be shocked if they're not in the playoff at the end of the year. Yeah, because I mean that just the way their schedule lays out in the in the Big Ten or in the Big Twelve. Who else is a uh, uh, decent teams in the Big Twelve? It was kind of a. It came down to the last stretch there last year. Yeah, TCU is pretty good. What about hold up? Let's recap last year because when I started my show, I said Oklahoma was going to take that conference, and they were fourth at the time in the conference when I said this, right? And they went on and made the playoffs. All right, go ahead. Good call. Yeah, man. <laughs> I got a claim on the one I got right. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, TCU right now looks like the main challenger. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, that, that's a that's an, another team that, that's been on the cusp and has just never quite made it there. Uh, I think they benefit a lot. Uh, TCU gets Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, State. at their place. They're, I mean, they're tough road games. Are at Baylor, that who I, I think I think Baylor falls apart this year. It's, it's Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah I, they're ranked now, but I think I think once a little adversity hits that team, it just completely crumbles. Mm. And then they got a, they got TCU has at Texas. Like so that's you, the next closest game. You got UCLA in your final four. Go ahead, give me your other three: LSU, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Greg, give me four. Oh man, <laughs> Oklahoma. This burns me, man. I hate this team more than anything. You and I had this conversation. I'm not going to call them by the full name Ohio. <laughs> I can see I can see Alabama in there and Clemson. Mm. So Clemson's the majority vote gets in. Because Clemson's got a cake wall schedule. The schedule like and the bad conference, right? Because yeah. they're top heavy, but the lower half is just bottom feeders. Right. I mean, let, 
Let's throw this Because it's a conference on the up. Like, Miami's in the conference. This is the first time they're not ranked in the preseason top 25 in, what, 10 years or something like that? Right? Isn't it something like that? Miami? Miami? Yeah. No, they've been out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they've been sucky for a while. Right? Well, then I guess I misread something. Because hmm. they said it's been a while since they weren't ranked. To throw this situation out there, let's say that for some odd reason, let's say we upset Clemson. Let's say that Florida State, which is a very high probability now, loses to Ole Miss. They still got to play each other down the road. Those losses could pretty much cancel each other out, and one of those could still sneak in even if they do lose their first week. Hmm. Yeah, I, really, I mean, you're for the, for the ACC, I, I think Clemson or Florida State gets in. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't – It's very top-heavy, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't see both of them missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, Does uh, North Carolina have a chance in the ACC? They did last year, right? It came down to it, their game versus Clemson. Clemson. Well, they yeah. got screwed in that game. Was it versus Duke? Right, with the kickoff return where somebody was on the field at the end of the game. I, I think it was Miami. Miami. That, was that was Miami. That was Miami and Duke. Okay. That was Miami and Duke. Now, they, they, got, they got screwed on the, the offsides on the, the onside kick. Yes. That nobody okay. was actually offsides on. That, okay. that, was, that was how they, they got done in. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think North Carolina probably takes a little bit of a step back this year. To reality. Yeah, yeah. to the fact that you're a basketball school. That, I mean, that's basically what you're stepping by, too. Because I, I, I think Uga gets an op- opening weekend. And they got to go to Tallahassee. And I, I don't think they win in Tallahassee. And then uh, if they do make it, they'll probably end up playing Clemson or Florida State again at the end of the year in the ACC championship game. And, I mean, at that point, do you really see them either A, beating Florida State twice or A, beating Florida State and Clemson in the same year? Right. Right. Yeah. That's Earlier I asked you about us. the Big 12 and you were rattling off some teams, and you didn't mention Texas. Will Texas ever be relevant again? I mean, as far as being competitive, it just seems like they're the most uh, undeserving powerhouse. Before you guys chime in, I'm just going to speak in general, right? Mm -hmm. What I don't know what it is about people from Texas, brothers, Cowboy fans, University of Texas fans, just fans from that state, have no realm of reality, right? They still hold themselves to be a standard where they were 20 years ago, 30 years ago when Vince Young's there. Like they think they're still right there. Right. Have they I been just, in the mix since then, though? Honestly, like since they lost to uh, no, the the, yeah. the demise. Mac Brown brought the house down, and I mean, you you had the last gasp with with Colt McCoy against mm. that year when they played Alabama, yeah. yeah. And then you know you had uh, he got Gab- hurt in that game. Yeah, you had Gabbert come in and looked looked like he he might be the one in the future, and then the quarterback situation has just kind of fallen apart since then, and and strong. He, he inherited a, a, an undisciplined mess. Yeah. And so he had to lay the hammer down. He had to throw some people off, and some of those people were talented. He had to do it. He had no choice to, to get control of that team. And they, they're they better now that, and than they are, they've been at any point in the last four to five years. That's because they've been so bad. Like you uh, couldn't so, do anything but come up. Yeah, I, but, I mean, like, they, they are – they'll be ranked at some point this year. <laughs> I mean, they still got a lot of four and five star talent on their team. What it's going to come down to, of course, we know Swoops was a flop. Um, if Gerard Hurd or this kid Shane Buccelli, if one of those guys can step up and play, as they call it, fearless Texas football, there's a shot. I mean, who expected literally at this table? Who expected Texas to beat Oklahoma last year in the Cotton Bowl? Nobody did. Mm-hmm. Those kids played that hard out for Strong Man. That was amazing to see. Yeah, I like Strong as a coach. I mean, he did well at Louisville. I, I remember remember that. But yeah, I mean, he's he's been put in a tough situation. He right. has, 
and and I, I, I'm worried about the way this year is going to start for him. And against it, Notre Dame, against is Notre he in Dame. jeopardy? Yeah, oh, if he, he loses okay. that Notre Dame game, man, it's in Austin. If they had, yeah. if they hadn't beat Oklahoma last year, I think he's probably gone now. Right. I don't. I think that's the only thing that saved him last season. It seems like such an uphill battle. I it is. I mean, I don't know, man. It is. I just, well, and that's that's coaching in general right now is because they expect. Well, you look at Alabama. I mean, you know all too well. You know, you guys were down for a while, and yeah. you finally got. I mean, got it back going. You yeah, know? and and but it's they, they they people expect results so fast now, and yeah. and so they're they're constantly changing, and and that causes a lot of problems. I mean, and all of a sudden you look up and. Butch Jones and Mark Stoops are the longest tenured coaches in the SEC. SEC right. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's just it's that constant need to, hey, we've got to be this, hey, we've got to be that. LSU is going to fire less miles for winning nine and ten games every year. Right. That's Georgia, a Georgia, Georgia cans Rick. Yeah, Georgia cans Rick for winning nine and ten games. Should have happened five years ago. All right, gentlemen, this is what I'm going to do. Before <laughs> we come back to college, I got a bracket, all right? Because I love doing brackets. This is my show, and I do whatever I want. So I like here we go. brackets. So here we go. We got a bracket, how it works. Uh, best two out of three vote. I'll go around y'all, and I have two vetoes per bracket. All right. Uh, <laughs> Unless you need more, then you can always pull out the third one. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's funny. I can make up the rules. Okay, so uh, pretty much the best college quarterbacks over the last 15 years or so. Okay? Uh, if I left anybody out or left them out, it, it'll be all right. Now, this isn't the, what they've done in the NFL when they left college. Just college. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to put Cam Newton in here, but I had to because he won a ring. All right. Uh, Tim Tebow, Jason White. Jeremy, I'll come to you first. Tebow. Greg? Tebow. All right, CJ. Sam Bradford, A.J. McCown. McCarron, sorry. My handwriting again. I, I think I'd go McCarron. Greg? It was McCarron to who? Bradford. Bradford. Oh, A.J. McCarron. Yeah, I agree. Damn, they heard it to say. All right, Jeremy, I'll ask you first. Pat White, Andrew Luck. Luck. CJ? Luck, beast. I knew what you were going to say. Beast. You're biased. Because <laughs> he looks like Dustin. You like him so much. He looks like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> uh, Greg, I'll come to you first. Colt McCoy, Marcus Mariota. Colt McCoy. Uh, Jeremy? Mariota. CJ? I'm going to say Mariota also. Oh, I'm going to veto this one. <laughs> <laughs> Mariota did nothing, man. CJ, I'll come to you first. Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel. Go ahead, Johnny Football. Oh, God. <laughs> Just to make uh, Craig mad. <laughs> Jeremy, I'm coming to you second. That's brutal. Man, how are you going to match those two up? Um Newton. I wonder who Greg's going to be. Greg, who you got, man? <laughs> I got Cam, man. Cam. That's a rough matchup, though. Dead I, that, dead, that one was, dead, yeah. Dead it is, man. man. All right. Uh, Vince Young. Vince Troy- Young. <laughs> <laughs> Wait your turn, Jeremy. <laughs> Lord. Okay. Uh <laughs> CJ, I'm going to come to you first. Okay. Vince Young, Troy Smith. Uh, who should I pick here? <laughs> Vince Young, man. Yeah, Vince Young moves on. Uh, Greg, I'll come to you. RG3, Matt Leinart. Leinart was surrounded by so much talent. RG3. 
Jeremy? Leinert. CJ? Leinert. Yeah, I agree. Wasn't even close. Jeremy, <laughs> I'll come to you first. Jameis Winston. What the hell does that say? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me look at my list over here. Kellen Moore. Jameis Winston, Kellen Moore. Winston. Because Kellen Moore was a really, yeah, he was. really good quarterback. Who's he, Boise State? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is a legitimate close. I'll, I'll take it. It's closer Winston. than people yeah. would fathom at first. Greg, I'll come to you. I got J. Bull Winston. Uh, that's it for the first round. Move on to the second round. I don't know who I came to. I'll just come to you first, Jeremy. Uh, Jameis Winston, Tim Tebow. Tebow. Greg? Tebow. CJ, who would you have voted for? Tebow, man, no doubt. No you should have put uh, Winston and Mariota together. I feel like they're eternally linked. Yeah, yeah. They did I didn't even want to put Mariota in this game. <laughs> I never was big on him, man. I think he was a product of the system. You want to hear something funny? I don't even know who the guy was going against Tebow in the first round. I hate to admit that, but James White, I believe you said. Is Jason White right? Jason, Jason White, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, okay. put up forty yeah. touchdowns. Uh, you can't have this one, Jimmy. Greg, I'll come to you. Uh, AJ McCarron, Matt Leinart, McCarron, CJ McCarron. Who would you have voted for? Leinart. I agree, but I'll put. Did he just do more? Huh? Did he do more than McCarron? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, not yes. He was he was asked. To make a lot more throws than I mean, part of it was that offense, but I mean, he legitimately Leonard had a better arm and and did more while he was in college. He was a phenomenal college quarterback. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I'm coming to you first on this one. Andrew Love, Vince Young, in college, Vince Young, in college, Vince Young, and in the fucking pros, I go Vince Young. Oh, <laughs> CJ, I'll come oh, to you second. Vince Young, man. <laughs> I'm hardcore. What can I say, Greg? Uh, Mariota, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Jeremy, Cam. Greg, Mariota shouldn't even be in this. <laughs> uh, CJ, I'll come to you first. Tim Tebow, AJ McCarron, Tebow, man, Jeremy, Tebow. Greg, I'll come to you. Uh, Andrew Luck. Oh. Cam Newton, Vince Young. In college, Vince Young. Jeremy? Young. CJ, who would you have voted for? Young also. All right, gentlemen. We're down to Vince Young and Tim Tebow. CJ, I'm going to come to you first. I'm going Tim Tebow. This is what I thought it would shake out to. Greg? Tim Tebow. He's probably going to go down as the greatest college football player. Who would you have voted on, Jeremy? Vince Young was pretty awesome in college. I mean, overall, whole picture, it was Tebow. Vince Young has still had the the on great, his best day. The greatest single game performance I've witnessed in a college football game was that national title game Two by games. Vince Young. But if Two Reggie games. Bush don't fumble, it'll never happen. But you're absolutely right. Vince Young was a phenomenal quarterback. He, he didn't play four years. Right. You know what I mean? Tebow started for three. Right. Because the first year, uh, Charlie Leakes was there. Right. Leakes. Leakes. Chris. Chris Leak. Chris Leak. Yeah. He was there, and Tebow had the jump pass. All right, Tim Tebow is the best. 
I mean, I should, I should not have put Mariota in this. Mariota never should have been. And McCarron shouldn't have beat Matt Leonard. I should have put Carson Palmer in this damn thing. Shook it all up. I mean, he's kind of old though, right? He was after. You're Jason, trying to do he, some kind he, of error. He was after Jason White. I don't know who Jason White is. Oh, okay. Got me, man. You weren't we missing over this much, already? man. Yeah. Huh? You weren't missing much, man. He was. He was rolling with Oklahoma. He threw up 40 touchdowns. He, didn't he win a Heisman? I think Jason White won a Heisman. I, I may be mistaken. When did he play? Was that their national title year? No, he they won the, a title with uh, Hypo. Oh, uh, that's right. He played in like 2001, 2002. Yeah. Okay. early 2000s. Yeah. He put up big numbers out there. He did. Yeah, he did. In the running gun B12. I was busy getting divorced. <laughs> Excuses. <laughs> Somebody told me they missed their show because you had to work. Make it happen, bro. Okay. Not happening. I'm sending a shout out to my sponsor, 35 South Florence, Side Street Grill. Uh, going down Monday through Friday, 4 to 7. Nice strong drinks. They're open till about 12 during the week, 2 during the weekend, which is Friday and Saturday. And, um,. <laughs> Thank you for that explanation. Well, just so you don't come down there at Sunday at two in the morning hoping to get something because it's not going to happen because uh, they're not corporate and they will tell you what they feel. But you come on down, you hang out with a nice energetic staff. Uh, you can come sit next door at the Red Bar. We can smoke a cigar. It's a smoking section, uh, flat screens, TV all over the place. Sometimes nice music depending on the crowd or whatever. But you have a good time when you come on down. Thirty five South Florence Tuesday night pasta special forty nine. Wednesday steak special forty nine. Sunday is the best brunch in Midtown eleven to three. Side Street Grill, 35 South Florence, behind the big-ass parking garage in Overton Square. So, is the Heisman race basically between uh, Fournette and Deshaun Watson? No. no. What about homeboy from uh, Stanford? McCaffrey. McCaffrey, yeah. But because, yeah. Of, because of the players they lost, right, and because their, their team's not going to be as good, he's probably going to get lost a little bit, right? Well, you don't think so? McCaffrey. No, McCaffrey's going to put up stupid numbers again. So do you ba- think yeah, Baker yeah. Mayfield at Oklahoma is going to put up stupid numbers? Mm. Dalvin Cook at Florida State is going to put up good numbers. Like I'm, I hate to say it, I'm almost more excited for the Heisman race this year than I am for the national championship. Oh, really? Like I mean, it is like you're going to see video game numbers put up and against each other week after week after week, and it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch because I mean you've got McCaffrey out there and. and you know, yes, his team's lost some people, but one of the people they lost was his backup. So probably means more carries and more mm-hmm. duties and more. So he's going to put point. up numbers. And and the legitimate argument you had against him last year was he played seven defenses that were ranked above 100 in the country, four that were above 120, and including the worst defense in the country. So, like, yes, he put up big numbers, but they were against very, very bad defenses. You don't have that this year. Like, there's legitimate teams – more often in the Pac-12 this year. And so when he puts up those numbers, they're going to be more legit. And, you know, so it's it's going to be – So who do you think is going to win? I have no – I think Watson. Watson. I, just if, if, if I put had to put my money on anybody, I, it would be Watson. You'd have to say he's the odds-on favorite going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. He is. In, in, in Vegas he is right now. Mr. Greg? Greg? Who do I think is going to win a Heisman? I mean, or, or give me yeah, a dark. Yeah, just whatever. pick somebody. Yeah. Whoever you want. No, yeah. just, man, I'm Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. No one's going to bring this up give me eight some, months from give now. Me, I am. Give me, somebody <laughs> to watch. give me somebody to watch, man, that we're not talking about. Yeah, because you know there's going to be somebody in the mix that is not now. The, the kid from Florida State, yeah, right? Davin Davin Cook. Cook. Yeah, Davin Cook's out there. Um, 
Man, Jeremy, you literally listed them all. I, I, who, who would I say? Samaji P. Ryan at Oklahoma. And you so got it's a, is it a four-man race right now? So there's no shot that somebody that right. we're not talking the, about. The, the only person that I could possibly see sneaking in there, depending on what they do, is Nick Chubb at Georgia. And Anybody for Ohio I, State? I don't see that one. Happen. No, man. JT kinda, Barrett? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They have the, guys the, in the, the What middle. about the quarterback from UCLA? Josh Rosen. Rosen? Uh, he won't do enough I to mean, get mentioned. It, what about yeah. Miami quarterback? He, he's going to win, but I, I don't think he I don't think he puts up high draft pick. as yeah. big of numbers to get as in the conversation. Deshaun Watson is, mm-hmm. and as Baker Mayfield will, and and they're like he's not going to distinguish himself by record over those guys, and so those bigger numbers that they're going to be putting up are going to keep them ahead, and and you've basically already got a PR lead for like the, the five guys I mentioned, like uh, they're already everybody's looking at everybody's waiting for Wait, what they're going to uh, do. Uh, so, Rosen, man, he can he can. I don't think he can put up big enough numbers to to really wedge his way into that conversation. Not with two quarterbacks already. What I would say ahead of him out of the gate. Uh, so I mean, it's it that Heisman race is going to be fun to watch. I mean, outside of those guys, if I had it, maybe Dobbs. Like if Dobbs just just finally develops and 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 really does big things, he beat Alabama. I, yeah, Dobbs can get into the discussion, but uh, it's it's going to be hard for outside of those five guys for somebody to jump up there and really get in front of them. Has, it, has anybody seen an interview with Deshaun Watson? He doesn't stutter. No, he made Hannah Storm blush. Man, this kid is. No, he's polished. Yeah, he man. Polished. I mean, dude, it's everything that you want in a Heisman in that kid. He's not stealing crab legs or <laughs> no, hopping no, up on he, table he, in the cafeterias. He's, he's, you know, his mother wound up having was a tongue cancer and had to have mm-hmm. tongue cut out. I think Warg Dunn actually um, rebuilt the house because they had some kind of flood situation or something like that. He def- he's defied a lot of adversity, man. Yeah, I mean, that kid is number one pick in the draft man. next year and going to Cleveland. Oh, yeah, right. Geez. I don't think Cleveland's going to have the best, the worst best pick. Yeah, no, I don't either. But I, no, I mean, like Watson, like he really is. Like he's got, he's got the story. He's going to have the stats. He's going to have the team that's winning. Uh, you know, he was there last year, so people already know him. I mean, it's 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 going to be hard to beat him. Just I mean, hope he don't land in San Diego, man, because they'll you, probably have the worst record. Do you guys think he's on like a? Uh, Franchise quarterback level, as of like a, a Andrew Luck type, and like everyone knows he's going to be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Is he on that level, or, or is he more on a Mariota kind of uh, thing? Or? Just not a Mariota deal, man. Mariota, he's, like you said, is a system guy. But he was the number one pick, right? No, Winston. I'm sorry, Winston was Winston the yeah. pick. He's he's still going too. When another quarterback goes one, it's still the same thing. He's better than Winston. You think so? Yeah, yep. yeah. Like right now. Do you think he's a if franchise them, guy? Is he a Cam Newton, Andrew Luck kind Russell of number Wilson one pick? kind of guy? Yeah, yeah number yeah. one pick kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because okay. I mean, not only do you have the t- uh, he his arm does need a little bit of work, mm-hmm. along with a little bit of of decision making sometimes. But uh, I mean, he's polished. He's there. You've got a high character guy, and yet the NFL is just thirsty for high character guys right now. Somebody they can put out front and say, "Hey, look at this guy, top draft pick, huge talent." Hasn't beaten a woman in months. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, I think he, I he's mean, clean, yeah. basically. Yeah, he didn't yeah. have anything, any blemishes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see you know 
Fournette put up some couple of two hundred yard games again to really give him a run for his money. Yeah, but I, I you think, think Fournette's a uh, high draft pick also? Yeah, yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we saw a trend for a few years where there w- weren't any running backs taken in the first round, but Ezekiel Elliott broke that trend last year. So you think Fournette's going to follow in his footsteps? Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you this. Uh, moving forward, like it was even brought up for Fournette, because um, considering his draft status going into the season, he doesn't even have to play um, to get drafted in the top ten. He doesn't have to do that. So moving forward, are guys that are going to be in his position, especially at that position where you take a lot of hits, what are the chances the guys start doing that, not playing – Sit out the year, work out, and just show up at the combine and show out. I think it's still highly unlikely that that right. happens. I I don't mean anybody can do it, but start last year it was Todd Gurley could have done it, mm-hmm. right? He could have done it, and done the same thing, and he ended up tearing his ACL, right? His uh, last season at Georgia, uh, Fournette do the same thing. Say he gets hurt, which we hope don't happen. Let's say he gets hurt. I think we start leaning towards that where guys start to look at their career. Where I'm already a draft pick. The salary cap is already set for rookies, right? So, as long as I'm a first-round pick, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Why play this last season? That's an excellent point. And like you were saying a while ago about uh, McCaffrey at Stanford and them just leaning on him, like, well, how does that benefit him? You uh, know what I mean? To be just ran into the ground. My, my counterpoint to that would be Maurice Claret. Now, he, his was slightly different circumstances because he tried this to This is go, a while ago, too. Right. Uh, landscape's he, different now. He, he tried, But he tried to go pro. And then, you know, they wouldn't let him in for, for the union collective bargaining. But uh, so, I mean, he basically did the same thing. He set out for a year. He worked out. He worked out with the right people. He did everything. He's never the same running back again. Rust is real. Like, if it's football's a contact sport. If you're not going through it, it, right. it changes you. You don't get used to it. And it, it just you're not the same back. But having said that, if Fournette didn't play this year, he'd still be a top 10 pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a, a Claret had. I think he didn't he have a great off, work. At, no, think, and he had off the field issues. Yeah, he was. It's I a great point. A, yeah, but it's apples and oranges. There's other stuff at play there. I will admit that. Yeah. But I have. I mean, but to your point, I understand he's not taking the hits. He was out of football shape, and it showed up when he tried to go to the NFL because he tried to come after his freshman year. Mm-hmm. That's what he tried to do, and you can't do that. It was foolish. Whoever was in his ear, that's who screwed him off. Right. Yeah. Somebody uh, trying to get a paycheck. I'm sure. But you got to take hits, or you fall out of. Yeah. Favor of what you do. But if you're a running back, you get, on average, three-year career, right? So if I'm going to take 20 carries a game, okay, 12 weeks, we're looking at I'm going to get hit 300 times this year, okay? Not to mention picking up blocks, catching the football, whatever it may be, right? That's a lot of hits, man. It's a lot of hits. It I'm just is. saying moving forward, look out for that. I mean, it's a possibility. I, I will say, like, if, if I'm an NFL GM, it gives me pause with somebody if they do something like that. I mean, eventually I'm going to lean on talent. Mm-hmm. But if I know a guy is willing to say, I've got money locked up and bail on my team, mm-hmm. what's to stop him from doing that to my team once I give him a big right. contract? That's a great point. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, in college, you're not getting paid. Okay? Yeah, so you're protecting your future. In the NFL, and well, that's a great point. I don't see it happening in the NFL. To where uh, you got to worry about a guy sitting out because he's getting paid. Oh no, they don't sit out. They just how many guys have you seen get that big contract just suck forever after that? And the, the majority of the time in NFL, if you don't play, you can be cut. And, it's not like yeah. NBA or something. And, and you also, know, you're not beholden to that. To contract. your point, as you said, uh, one of those guys is quarterback in my Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yeah. 
So um, I mean, it happens, and, and and that's basically what the parallel I'm I'm drawing is is if he's stopping now, he's not getting paid in college, but he's stopping because he knows he has that money locked up. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing happens in the pros. Once you get that big deal, you know that you've got that money locked up. You don't quit. You don't stop playing because you don't want to get cut and stuff like that. But you're just not. And we've seen it over and over and over again. Right. I mean, they're just not the same player after the big deal. Diff- different position, but a prime example of what we're talking about with somebody who was faced with this same scenario, work ethic suck, and the Houston Texans have got to be kicking the hell out of themselves is Jadavian Clown. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hey, yeah, I've seen a lot, of, a lot on him where, like, like Spurrier adv- came it, out and said his adv- work ethic was horrible. Advanced statistics. Like when you look at him, like he hasn't been like he's not he's not don't get me wrong he wasn't the draft pick that they drafted him at, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been as horrible as everybody makes him out to be. Mm-hmm. Like he he has become like a legitimate run lineman and stuff like that. And I will freely admit, like the the statistics they're showing are beyond me. I don't get them, but like they rank him and and I think the last year with the the Texans that he was was healthy. Yeah, he uh, hasn't been on the field a whole lot. Yeah, he had been hurt a lot. Now it's mm-hmm. been different, but uh, like he was like top ten in the league by a couple of advanced statistics of of how you know either basically like a like NBA has a per forty eight minute yeah uh, it's, it's statistic like yeah I like, see they were I mean I don't get the statistics but, but if you're that kind of talent and you play with JJ Watt merciless oh, yeah. you know uh, Will Fork you got all these guys around yeah. you you should be making plays you yeah. know right absolutely yeah all right. Uh, Time's running a little short. I want to make sure we touch on fantasy football. Greg, Jeremy, anything else you guys want to chime in as far as college? I don't want to leave any stone unturned as we preview the show. We touched on our Heisman. We touched on our Final Four. Uh, Maybe teams that could creep in from the SEC, whatnot. We comfortable with what we discussed today? Yeah, I I just can't wait for that midseason Auburn coaching search. Uh, uh, start, shots fired. Start it now. <laughs> True Bamarism. True Bamarism. Yeah. Start it now. Well, we're going to go into fantasy football. Uh, CJ's second favorite thing in the whole wide world. Um, so, fantasy football, I love fantasy football. I have a problem of not listening to the experts and just going by what I think. Uh, I always take a quarterback first. Uh, when, I take, when I try to go, okay, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to take a running back. I don't even make the damn playoffs. So I'm going to stick to what I know, right, is how I do things. But I'm not a fantasy expert. Uh, Jeremy, you dabble in fantasy as well, right? You got, what, 10 leagues, whatever you got going on? Uh, I'm only in five this year. I'm trying to scale it back a little bit, you know. Actually, yeah, that's, I'm, in, I'm in five. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, only, only three of them are pay leagues, though. So Okay. But, and, and I've, I've cre- All mine are. I've created a, a sports queued up fantasy league, so three of us are going to be in it, right? Shoot, uh, that's six. Damn. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, so CJ, I'm gonna let you uh, when you go into this fantasy thing, right? Because you look at quarterbacks, wide receivers. Give me your top five fantasy players going into this draft. Top five fantasy players. Um, I mean, it it's all based upon what your scoring system is. If you're a PPR league or not, most leagues are PPR, half PPR. Uh, I tend to lean more towards receivers going in this year. It seems like the running backs are kind of fading more and more. Last year, you see, it was it went quite a bit in the reverse way. My f- top five guys would probably be Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. Uh, I like Gurley as my third pick. And then maybe, I think that's the top tier for me, those yeah. three. 
After that, there's probably another five or so people out there. Where's Odell Beckham at in that? I think he's right there below those guys. Him, DeAndre Hopkins, Des Bryant. AJ Green's numbers are probably going to go up as well, losing two I, of their three receivers as I well. I think he'll get picked late first, early second kind of pick, and he, he'll be a, a great steal. At for what point in the draft do you go tight end? Uh, wherever you can get Gronk. If you can, Gronk is a, you know. He's a, is he a first round player? Uh, late, same as AJ Green, same ballpark. Let as me AJ ask Green. you this: Le'Veon Bell's out three weeks, first three weeks of the year, and they have a bye week. Mm-hmm. So essentially, through your season, you're going to miss four weeks without Le'Veon Bell. What are the chances that you creep up and take Le'Veon Bell and be like, "Well, I'll take D'Angelo in the fourth round, fifth round, and play him until Bell comes back"? Do you think about doing that? Or do That's you, a lot you, to invest. Though. A fifth round pick is an important player, you know. And if you don't have to waste that high of a draft pick on a backup player. I mean, but all that being said, if it works out and you can build a good enough team around. But if you take that, Bell you know, first, you essentially have to do that. You have to spend an early pick, right? Second round pick, I think, is what most. I wouldn't do Bell. it. Yeah, Bell. Oh, Bell, I, I would go. Yeah, I think Bell is probably easily a first. Or for me, it would be easily a first. But really? but, but I'd, I'd differ a little bit because okay. just the way the way I look at it, like the, the suspension for the first three games of the season, like I'd. I don't consider that at all because rankings don't matter in fantasy playoffs. Okay. But there's no home field advantage. If 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 I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be putting up 30 points for me in, you know, weeks 12, 13, 14, you mm-hmm. know, through that range, mm-hmm. I'm good with it. Like right. I, I'll I'll take a stab on that because I'll weather if it, if I can't handle the first 3 weeks without picking up too many losses to not make the playoffs, I wasn't going to do anything so, anyway. But, so but you're looking at a guy that could be the number 1 pick overall. With no, if he didn't have any kind of, he's going to miss four weeks him. of yeah. the season. I, I I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up my first. To me, when you're picking in the first round, you're looking for clean, safe, somebody you can count on to give you your top notch yeah. points. I, I try, I try I, I'll reach always. for my guys later on, third round, mm-hmm. fourth round, you know. But well, first, like back end of the first, if I'm if I'm drafting in that that ten, eleven, twelve slot, mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm looking. Like I'm I'm not going. You know, if, if I'm first eight of the draft, like no, that's not where I'm taking. Back. Would you rank them among running backs? Would you take them over Gurley? Would you take them no. over Ezekiel Elliott? If it is a PPR lead, you have to kind of rank him a little higher. Now Ezekiel Elliott's playing in a three running back system, so how much does that hurt your uh, drafting of him on your football team? I think once it all shakes out, he'll be the top flight guy, and you'll see him. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the number one guy in fantasy this year, just because how strong that 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 line is. That line's you know? good, but. It's great. They're going to throw with Romo. Like, they are. They did it two years ago. The last time uh, Romo was healthy, they leaned on the running game and it helped Romo out. Yeah, you know. I don't, there's, there's just, there's, it, there's so much unknown with Elliott right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no way he's the number one pick. But like I'll, I said earlier, though, with it being first round, I'm going safe. So I wouldn't take Elliott first round pick oh, either. No, yeah, no, I definitely yeah. go Gurley, Gurley before him. Uh, I'd go Peterson before him. See, I think those are the top two yeah. consensus then, running backs. Then we differ on this, but my next one off the board would be Bell before Elliott. Cause I think Bell, Elliott, uh, David Johnson's a hot pick. Yeah, I like David Johnson a whole lot. I'm going to ask you this, Jeremy, because you, uh, you're along the same lines where we rank Bell uh, considering his suspension and everything. The reason I brought him up more so was if you bring him up, how soon do you have to take another running back? That's what I mean, spending an early pick. 
on another running back because you won't have him. Because you said you weren't concerned about the first three weeks. You'll take your loss because you feel like he'll bring the bang when it counts. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it's dependent on if I want to go like a, a pure pair with him. One, it, it, that's deep enough in the draft. Like, it's completely dependent on the directions the people around you are going, what's mm-hmm. still on that board. I mean, you definitely, it, it, for sure, for the first month of the season, you want to make sure you've got D'Angelo. I mean, you know, you can you can carry him for the first couple of weeks and then and then dump him after after that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it's yeah, not going to be that easy to get D'Angelo too, though, because people uh, you'll see some people like it's a strategy now to not take a running back at all, just because there's so much stuff that yeah. happens during the That's season. Good. Right. And if you could get a D'Angelo as a person who doesn't want to take one early, if you want to lean on receivers or quarterbacks, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. You could take a D'Angelo, know you're banking on him for three weeks at least, and then while that's happening, figure out who you can get to kind of you know take his spot after he's done. Because you know? my own opinion, I don't think Gurley is a good pick because I think he'll have a bad year this year. If you look at the numbers last year, the last five weeks of the season, he wasn't getting 70 yards a game hmm. because the defense was just putting 10 in the box. And, okay, throw. And it's going to be the same thing this year because it's not a good football team. Uh, but – Tell me, um, who's the top quarterbacks in fantasy that you think going going into the season? Who would be your t- give me top five quarterbacks in fantasy going into the year? What do you think, Cam? Cam's clear one. Rodgers, uh, just because he gives you both. Yeah, Rodgers. Um, uh, Third's probably Wilson, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck's up there. Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees still up there. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. Although that team kind of has a bad stigma, he's one of the most consistent fantasy players there is. You look it, at his numbers are always great. Because we're talking year. strictly fantasy, not how good yeah. they are as far as winning football games. His numbers are always great, man, yeah. every year, you know. So, and, I mean, I would go uh, the same logic with Bell. I would go I would go Braid before I would go, like, Ben yeah. you know, or somebody like that. Uh, I mean, I would definitely uh, – Cam and Rodgers definitely before Brady, but – See, I don't think Ben's far behind Brady anyways. I almost would rather have him anyways. The only problem with him is sort of how we we discussed Romo a little bit before you got here. Ben's going to miss games. Right. You don't know when that's going to be. It cost me last year. Yeah, sure I had did. him in two leagues. Him and Luck. Him yeah, and Luck, Luck also. Hurt, yeah. hurt you. In a two QB league, I had Roethlisberger and Luck. Yeah, exactly. So it was a struggle. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't wor- I don't worry as as much about Luck just because of the type of injury that was. Like, that's not a yeah, it's not a, a knee it's not or an a angle. shoulder yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. Like. Who, who lacerates a lung? Like, <laughs> right. And that guy's tough. He plays through injuries. You know, I don't think I don't see him being off the field this year. Not Whereas sure. Roethlisberger will at he some will. point. Yeah, but when he's on the field, he's going to put up numbers. Yeah, but I, I I couldn't take him above the guys that we after mentioned because he will miss games. I got him around fifth. I think I got I shut off my rankings. I was in a bit of a hurry, but uh, I think I have him fifth. Yeah, I like Wilson better. I like. Uh, Cam, Rogers, and Luck. I like him, Roethlisberger, right after that. And then Brady, I, I, I think six, seven, something like that, in that range for me. I like Romo in that range, also. You know, so yeah. they're going to put up Will Smith numbers. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, it's once you once you get like that far into the draft, you're really, really talking about more than what you think of a of a player as much as as what's being taken around you yeah like looking at, at 
other people's teams, you know, where are their needs, what are they going to pick up next, what have I still got left at this position or that position. Because, I mean, uh, other than wide receiver, which is just stupidly deep, uh, you, you know, with the other positions, like you get drop-off points where you don't want to be passed if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's one of those things of, of – Running back's the most crucial one. I feel like there's a steep drop-off once you get to a certain point, whereas mm-hmm. receivers, there's always kind of – very. Well, you see there's three receivers on the field most majority of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more to choose from than the one running back on the field. Yeah, know? I mean, you're you're always just about any point in the year going to be able to find a, a hot receiver or something like that. Off Even in even like a 12-team league, mm-hmm. you're going to have some guy somewhere where somebody gets hurt, he gets working as a slot receiver and – you know, he's good for, you know, 60, 70 yards a game in a TD. Which, you know, if you're picking up a receiver at that point in the season, I mean, that's that's money right there. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what you want. So, I mean, it's it's rough, like, saying, like, once you get once you get past, like, the fast first couple of rounds, it's rough to say, like, I like this guy better than this one, or, especially when you're talking about cross positions because you're really looking at that point of, of what's out there, what's missing, who do you know, and what you need you. most. A lot of it's yeah. a preference thing, like you yeah. said. You know, mm-hmm. to me, it's all about value in the early rounds. Like I'm looking for guys. I guess I kind of always look for people who fall. What, what I think is falling, right? But at a certain point, you you got these guys you like going into the season, and I feel like I try to target those guys, even if I have to pick them a little bit around earlier or whatever it is, or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. Make sure you get your guys. You know, yeah. don't 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 leave them there and hope they come back to you. You know, yeah. But I mean, like to his like D'Angelo about like I guarantee you, you you look at drafts this year, you will see D'Angelo taken everywhere from the fourth to the. Uh, he might be undrafted in some leagues. Like, I, I mean, doubt it gets undrafted or the fourth round. I think uh, six, which fifth, sixth round. That's a high ass draft pick, is, man. It matters, you yeah, know. It does, but I mean, like, it's with, a starter with him. Know? With him going like, like really, really early. And what you'll see is, is somebody like taking Le'Veon early, and then all of a sudden, like those running backs start to get eaten up, mm-hmm. and so he's sitting there with Bell on on his roster, going, uh, you know. D'Angelo's creeping close to the top of it, and I've got to have him if that if that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I if I drafted Bill, I would not make D'Angelo a priority. I do feel like I would, yeah. most people should, but I would just try to figure out something else to right. do and rather than waste a, a high draft pick on someone you're only going to use the maybe first three half weeks. of the season. Yeah, if that. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Uh, let me get ask you, gentlemen, this. Uh, so I'm getting next week. We're going to have our preview for the NFL kickoff. Uh, give me Super Bowl picks, Jeremy. Super Bowl pick? Yeah. I, I think I, I I don't see anybody catching the Panthers on the NFC side. I, I think they're still where they're at. Where mm-hmm. I, I I think they made a really good decision in letting Josh Norman go. If you have to pay him that much money, yeah, I totally concur. I, I think I think that for that money they'll they'll be fine. Yeah, elsewhere. So but getting I, Kelvin Benjamin back, this seems yeah. a bit like like going. So forward. Carolina, who represents the AFC? Uh, that's a that's a rougher one. Um, If I have to go with anybody, I guess I'll go with the Pats. Yeah, I hate Brady, but I don't see anybody else. I mean, you know they're going to win their division. Yeah, and I just don't see anybody else. I mean, well, I CJ has the Jets winning the division. I like Steelers to well, go to the Super Bowl. You wait till next week, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got the Patriots and the Panthers. Yeah, Greg, give me one. Uh, Patriots and Packers, I think. Packers. I like Packers also. 
That's cool, man. Well, I'm going to say one more shout-out to my sponsor before we get out of here, 35 South Florence, Side Street Grill. Come on down. Monday through Friday, 4 to 7, happy hour. Come on down. Get you some nice, chill drinks, man, and uh, have yourself a good time like we do on my show every time we come on. Um, I'm just going to send this in real quick, man. Uh, you never know the influence that you have on someone, so always be the best person that you can be because you don't know who's uh, looking up to you in their time of need. Uh, you just never know. I put a story on Facebook. I'm not going to say it now, but um, it, it felt good that I could have an influence on somebody that I don't even know. And um, there's no telling how many we reach out every day just by saying thank you, by opening the door, by being the best person that we can be. Well, we're going to get out of here, man. We talked about fantasy. Uh, college football is a whole lot of fun. Football time is here, folks, and uh, I'm really excited. And then next week we're going to have our NFL preview show, man. So it's been good. Uh, power to the podcast, OEM Network, Side Street Grill. Uh, God is good to me. I'm out. Peace. podcast is a production of Ohm Audio and the Ohm Network. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com.